Fresh Art International presents conversations about creativity in the 21st century. This is Fresh Art International. I'm Kathy Bird. Our podcast explores contemporary art, film, and design across six continents. Today, we introduce filmmaker Ala Kovgan. Originally from Moscow, she studied information science and linguistics before emigrating to America in 1996. That's when she began turning her attention to performing arts and cinema. We connect with Ala Kovgan to find out how she realized Cunningham. The immersive 2019 documentary traces dancer-choreographer Merce Cunningham's artistic evolution over three decades. I always was thinking of cinema as a language, as a way to communicate and communicate across cultures, across backgrounds, uh, across countries. What's interesting, when I got to the United States, I had a really hard time writing scripts, despite the fact that I was very fluent in English, actually as well as in French, but I could not quite write a creative scripts. Um, it took me about 10 years to do so. So I started working with physical performers, people who can actually express meaning through their body language. And that's how I got into dance and specifically modern dance because cinema and modern dance shared a birthday that is the end of the 19th century. And the very first filmmakers were obsessed with capturing motion. And the most interesting movies were, of course, the dancers. So if you look at like who Thomas Edison film, for instance, or other early filmmakers, many of them were physical performers. And then you start thinking, okay, well, the whole era of silent cinema became successful is because of physical performers, because they, all the first actors were physical comedians or physical actors, or they came from vaudeville, tap, acrobatics. That's sort of how my interest began very early on with bringing performing arts and cinema together. You illuminate this love story of experimental music, dance, and art, and it's personified so beautifully with John Cage, Merce Cunningham, and Robert Rauschenberg as the central figures in this film. Let's describe what story you're telling in Cunningham. I always say I'm telling a story of how Merce became Merce. Because the film is really focusing on the first 30 years of Mercer's time in New York City when he was a young dancer. He was not a famous choreographer, but he was a young dancer trying to figure out what was he actually doing. And this is also an era of his collaboration with, as you mentioned, with John Cage, who was composing also his partner in life and a lover, and then Robert Rauschenberg, who was a visual artist. And it's fascinating what these three people went through. Primarily, they had nothing. I mean, you know, they had no money, they had no support, they had no audience, they had no press. All they had was each other. As Rauschenberg used to say, poverty and ideas united us. 
I was incredibly fascinated that these three men from all these three different art disciplines came together and, and started what essentially became Merskaim Dance Company. Now, the work he was doing was radically different from everything else that was going on around him because he was trying to invent a new dance technique, which eventually became Merskaim Dance Technique. My idea about movement is that any movement is possible for dancing. That ranges all the way from nothing, of course, up to the most extended kind of movement that one might think of. It's a story that celebrates this incredible triumphant spirit that he had and his love for dance and dedication to his ideas and his absolute integrity. Since uh, my dancers and I are a group of human beings, we are that on the stage as we are in real life, people moving around in various ways. But we don't interpret something, we present something, we do something, and then any kind of interpretation is left up to anybody looking at it in the audience. This full body expression that he chose to explore, it was revolutionary, and it's informed so much of dance and performance today. Absolutely. I mean, oftentimes you look at his works and you feel like they were made yesterday. I mean, like today. Who were your collaborators in this film? I had an incredible collaborator on this. His name is David Long. I dedicated the film to him because he didn't live to see it. He died in 2017, but he met Merce in 1950. And he basically followed his career for over half a century. And he took notes. He documented every single thing that happened with MERS in those beautiful index cards. And through those index cards, I started realizing that there are some things that were missing. And because of my background as an editor, I worked with archives quite a bit. And I went on this scavenger hunt. And we were incredibly lucky to discover one of the dances called Changeling that was made in 1957 that we actually got to recreate with Silas Reiner, who also dances it in the film. I had a really great privilege of working with two amazing people, Robert Swinston, who worked with Merce for 32 years, and Jennifer Goggins, who worked with Merce for 12 years. And they were my directors of choreography, and Jennifer became kind of like right-hand woman in this whole journey, which actually took seven years. When did the idea for this film come to you? The project started really from my interest in 3D, because when I saw Pina by the inventors about German choreographer Pina Bausch, I felt like 3D and dance had an incredible potential. What happens in 3D, you have a sense of closeness. You kind of feel the proximity to the dancers. And I was interested whether I can use that technology, technology, but also approach to try to engage with Mercer's ideas. 3D works in space. I think the best Film in 3D will be the one that has no cuts. And Merce works in space because, you know, he, he is a kind of choreographer who would have 16 dancers going to different directions. And so that was my impetus to try to engage his work with cinema with capital C and use technology to sort of translate his ideas. It's not about capturing his dances. It's really about creating cinema with his work. I think he would have loved to see his work in 3D. I agree. He was so in love with technology also. How my project sort of began, that was the real moment when I was sitting at the Brooklyn Academy of Music and watching the last of Merce Cunningham Dance Company, which closed on December 31st, 2011. 
it was really felt that mesh and 3D cinema can really work. So I dived into this incredible treasure trove of all these different archival uh, materials. You merged the archival footage that you use. There's the black and white in the spare spaces. There's the full color with costumes and sets. Together with directors of choreography, uh, Jennifer and Robert, we went through 80 works that Merce made between 1942 and 1972. And then from those, we picked 14 pieces. Most of them were iconic collaborations with Robert Rauschenberg and also several other visual artists such as Jasper Jones and Andy Warhol. And then from those pieces, we then picked excerpts that we basically reimagined in cinema. Now, most of the time began working on a dance with a physical question or concept, not with a narrative idea or piece of music or emotional situation. It seemed to me that in the society around us, there were so many scientific possibilities coming up that one did not have to think in terms of one thing following another, but say in a field. And I began to make dances with those possibilities in mind. We identified those questions that he explored in each piece, and then we would think about those questions in cinematic terms. So, for instance, if it's a dance based on the action of falling, such as Winter Branch, we would think, okay, how would cinema think about falling? And you'd think about heights, and you'd think about Hitchcock, and you'd think about all the different ways the cinema can create an illusion of danger, of falling. Because in cinema, it's all about illusion. You don't have to see a person literally falling to experience the danger of that. If it's a dance based on the action of togetherness, literally close together, tied with a rubber band like Crisis, then we think, okay, how would cinema think about that concept? And we would come up with confined spaces, but we can't quite confine the dancers because they need space to move. So we basically figure out a way to wrap them with light. So our rubber band became light and shadows. It's a dance based on the concept of layering, such as Rune from 1959. Then we chose to put it in the forest with many beautiful thin pine trees. And dances become almost another layer in that layered landscape. Every location is a metaphor or a site that helps us to translate Mercer's idea into cinema. You had one reenacted on a rooftop. You had one in a formal garden. Each time you made that decision. Yeah, the locations become a character also. Cinema thinks in spaces and places. It does not think in theatrical stages. The only time we have a theatrical stage is when John Cage and Moss Cunningham gave their first concert together. In 1944, John Cage and I gave our first program together. 
It was so difficult, as though I were pushing myself in a way that someone else wouldn't have. I love that one set that is like infinity. The costumes are the same texture and pattern as the floor and the walls. That is so well achieved. That particular dance is called Summer Space. It's from 1958. It's a massive collaboration with Robert Rauschenberg. Actually, both Robert Rauschenberg and Jasper Jones painted that pointillist decor. And I've seen a picture from 1958 that was taken by Robert Rutledge. In that picture, Merce dropped this decor on the walls and on the floor. And the dancers were engulfed by the decor and they all had the same costumes. So that's where the idea came from. And I read that he was incredibly frustrated that he could not do that on stage. Basically on stage, it ended up being always a backdrop. But now in 2018, 19, we can actually do that. We can actually create an environment, like a dream environment that Merce always wanted to have. So that is what making cinema in my mind is. You basically take an idea of choreographer and you create a whole new artwork that translates his idea. In summer space, the principal momentum was the concern for steps that carry one through a space, like the passage of birds stopping for moments on the ground and then going on, or automobiles throbbing along turnpikes and under and over clover leaves. He worked sometimes without music. The movement came first and then the sound. That was one of the revolutionary so-called ideas that Cajun Cunningham put forward. I mean, they decided that they need to separate music from dance. In other words, dances do not need music to follow. And that was really viewed as an absolute riot. I simply decided years ago that I would make a dance free of the music, and then we would put the sound and the dance together. And actually, you have never heard his music, and has he seen your dance? No. And the night of the performance, you will combine the two. With any luck. What were some of the greatest challenges that you faced when you were making this film? Our principle was that we used the original music for the dances as much as possible. That was our intention. So if it's Morton Feldman and John Cage or David Tudor, Christian Wolf, all these amazing artists, we wanted to keep their music. But there were situations where sometimes the dances were silent and then the environment became the score, basically. And what's interesting, especially in Winter Branch, when we were shooting, there was a club downstairs. It was in the middle of the night and the club was like, you know, really annoying and we were very unhappy about it but because it was very loud, it was difficult to work. But when I actually got to the edit room, I remembered that club and I felt, oh my God, that's just such an amazing opportunity for us to create an environment. And I did research which music bands John Cage influenced, and I learned there was one called Throbbing Gristle, which I love. So Throbbing Gristle was playing downstairs in our version of Winter Branch. What else do you think it's really important for the world to know about this film? Well, I think it's a miracle that it came together. Because if you tell somebody in, in the political climate we live in that we're making a $3 million film about 
avant-garde American choreographer, Marskaihem, most people look at you very funny. They think it's not important. There are other more important things, but I always say that presidency sort of come and go, Marskaihem is going to stay. His work is timeless in so many ways, and he, by just his sheer example of, of his journey, he basically is an incredibly inspirational figure and influential to so many people, whether you know anything about dance or not. I just think his story is unbelievable. He kind of brings back poetry in life and this, and physicality and beauty and just reminds us of who we are as human beings. You know, he used to say that when we move, we are at the best of being human. So that's when our personality really comes true. So I feel like it's, he's incredibly universal. This is the Fresh Art International Podcast. I'm Kathy Bird. Produced in both 2D and 3D versions, the film Cunningham is more than a documentary. Ala Kovgan and her collaborators channel the spirit and image of Merce Cunningham. From his early years as a struggling dancer in post-war New York to his emergence as one of the world's most visionary choreographers. With new technology, Kovkan frees Cunningham's oeuvre from the constrictions of the stage, projecting his work into the infinite realm of the senses. If you like what you're hearing, please take a few minutes to subscribe to this podcast anywhere you go to listen. Watch for our Cunningham posts on Instagram at FreshArtintl. The John S. and James L. Knight Foundation, Emily Hall Tremaine Foundation, Locust Projects, and the Andy Warhol Foundation for the Visual Arts, and listeners like you make Fresh Art International possible. Visit our website to learn more and explore other episodes about contemporary filmmaking. While you're there, sign up for our latest news and give a donation to support these stories. Stay tuned for more contemporary art talk.